This is the Discuss Metal Podcast with Clank and Pat from Clank. Hosted by Dan Terry. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Discuss Metal Podcast. My name is Dan. I know it's been a while. This is my first interview that I've done in 2022. But we are back on the horse, and I figured the best way to get back on the horse uh, is to talk to Clank and Pat of Clank. What is up, guys? Hey, how's it going? Oh, it's going. Um, you guys How are. are you uh, oh, I'm. I'm. I am alive and <laughs> happy to be happy to be talking and not laying in cold water working on a vehicle. <laughs> Yeah. Well, your beard is coming rather nicely since the last time we spoke, so kudos. Well, yeah, it's never going to be as epic as as your beard, but I I know I I get really weird. I shave it like twice a twice a twice a year maybe, something like that. I'll shave it completely off and pretend like I'm a high schooler again. But uh yeah, <laughs> I can, Yeah. I think I'm going to stick with it though. I'm I'm trying to make a a pact with myself that I'm going to like let it grow for like five years and just like, just keep it nice looking, but not actually remove any length. Um, the more exciting thing, more exciting than my beard is, uh, you guys have a new record out called between unholy and divine volume one, which we'll get into the volume one part of it later. Um, this one kind of came out of nowhere to me. I know we, I don't talk as much, I don't talk online, uh, as much as I should. (laughs) And, uh, so this thing kind of uh, came out of nowhere for me. Uh, was how, how long have you guys had this one in the work? I know last time we talked was, I think it was like back in 2020, at least on the podcast. Um, and I know you were talking about working on some new stuff. So was this it? Has this been kind of in the works for a while? <laughs> Matt and I have been working on this since 2017. Okay. <laughs> we were fast. Yeah. Well, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what would slow you down. I mean, you know, nothing's yeah. been going on in the past few years. Yeah, no, yeah, no. yeah. We've just been slacking. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with a little bit of slacking. It takes right. some time to get art to the point where you are happy with it and confident enough to be able to uh, show it to other people. That's the yeah. blessing and the curse of like Pat having his whole uh, his own studio and us not being on a label. So it's the, you don't have anybody standing over your back. Yay. But sometimes you have to reel it in and have somebody going, all right, dude, deadline. Let's go. Let's go. So after a while, Pat and I are like, you know, we're perfectionists. So a lot of times we constantly review things. I can't even tell you how many thousands of times we must have heard these songs since day one in different variations and incantations. So we got to a point where we were like, all right, is this good? You know, we had to throw that line in the sand and go, all right, excuse me. We need to be happy. So, which we are, but you know, it's so used to when you don't have, when you're not paying per hour on studio time and you don't have somebody standing over you going, wrap it up, be wrap it up. Right. You, know, you kind of get lost in what you're doing. Yeah. And no firm deadlines. We're, we're really big of being like, all right, we're going to put a deadline on this. And then that comes and we're like, yeah, nah. yeah. We'll, we'll move that down the road two months. Um, <laughs> what deadline? Yeah. Um, yeah, because we're we're pretty anal with what we do. We're not going to put it out until we're happy with it. Because in the past, we put out stuff and then look back and go, ah, you know, cringe. Why did Why did um, I settle on this? Yeah, or, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so that that's been a big thing with us over the last while. Um, so this, yeah, like like Clank said, we've been working on this since probably two, 2017. Um, and then uh, finally said, all right, we have to get this out <laughs> and, and work on new stuff because we have a Dropbox full of of new stuff. So, so we're talking yeah. the 2028 release is going to be... It's going to be killer. <laughs> Absolutely fire. Right, yeah. Volume two. <laughs> the funny thing about this is in the whole time we were working on this, we did the hit the pause button and did two movie scores. Right, yeah. But we did, you know, um, Metal Missionaries mm-hmm. and then uh, Metal Health both over the last couple of years. So it was like, all right, we got two out. You know, when we're like, when was the scratching our head? When was the last time we released something? And we were like, well, it was what, January 2020? We did the two song EP. You did the EP, yep. Yeah. And then it was like, all right, well, we need to kind of reel it in and do something. So we were like, you know what? Let's just, like Pat said, move forward. And then we were like, okay, now we kind of need to get this stuff out. So, but we do have 
see a, a volume two coming. We're just going to say later this summer at some point. Okay. We're going to go from a big stretch to not releasing anything to cramming a lot of stuff in people's faces in the course of one year. Well, was that part of why, you know, the, the volume one, volume two, just being kind of a, uh, just having so much material, but kind of wanting to spend a little bit more time on additional, or was it just kind of like a plan? Cause I know there, there's a lot of, a lot of musicians now will put out, some guys just put out singles. They'll put out like 12 singles, you know, one a month, you know, and then that's your, that's your record. Right. Which is smart because it, it's, it's constant content, content coming out. Right. Um, so originally, volume one and volume two was were only going to be like three or four new songs and then maybe a couple of remixes. Um, so that was the original concept of, of volume one, volume two. But then we just had so much material and we're like, this song has to go on volume one. This one has to go on volume one. This has to go on volume one. And then it ended up going being eight songs. So um, uh, and volume two is the same way. You know, we've been working on volume two um, for a while now also. Um, but we're coming up with new songs now and now it's like, all right, that needs to be on volume two. <laughs> so it just, it ended up getting, um, more expanded, um, the length of it, you know, it was supposed to be just like a normal, like maybe you have a full 10 song, you know, record or 12 song record. We we're going to split it up into two volumes, but it's, it's ended up being bigger than what we originally planned. And the creative juices kept flowing. So in the past we were like, all right, we got X amount of songs. We're like, all right, let's just stop there and focus on mixing mastering the whole line right. and then we were like you know what why should we stifle it you know the creative juices are flowing let's just ride that wave continually so pat and i were sending constant stuff back and forth even the last you know two weeks hey dude it came up with this oh check this out i'd send him something and then psh, he sends it back to me with programming and stuff later that night and i'm like ah you know and then the creative juices are flowing the lyrics are going the you know so it's been like like we said we're just riding the wave and just keep stockpiling and you know like you said we we have a joint dropbox between both our uh computers because i'm in santa cruz and he's in san jose like four right. miles away from each other but it's just got like a massive clank folder with i don't know dozens of subfolders and just gigs upon gigs upon <laughs> gigs of full songs rough demos sketches bits and pieces just riffs just loops you know now it's also the concise part of sitting there like mad scientists in the lab going through it going all right well time to start reeling it in and putting it together like a big puzzle <laughs> how do you keep track of all that is it just like i mean if you if you have an idea in a in a, in a folder somewhere like is does it ever feel like you're just kind of digging like going in and digging and being like you know instead of coming up with a new idea let me go back and look and see you know, what I've actually already laid down. Cause I mean, there's no way you could remember all of it, you know, just off the top of your head. No, yeah. but that's the thing though. Like we have like, if you go in the folder, it'll be like, like full sketches or almost, you know, sections or, or like most like three quarter complete structures. And then there's one that just says like riffs, but we'll go back and like, Hey, what was this one? And it's funny. Cause you'll see heavy, heavy one, heavy groove, <laughs> right? Heavy, with, you know, with a date on it. Yeah, yeah, heavy two twenty two nineteen. Heavy one two seventeen twenty nineteen. And like, what's this? And you're like, I don't know. But then as soon as you click it, you hit play, and you hear like the loop or the riff kick in. You're like, oh, no way, I remember that. And then it's like some stuff you go back and you try and revisit because you want to complete it, and sometimes right. you're just not feeling it. And you know, just even as recently, it was like I told Pat and I said, ah, there's a couple things I wanted to work on. I pulled it up in the folder, and I just my brain, you know, my brain wasn't feeling it. I just, it wasn't going. And then I was like, all right, well, let me just mess around a little bit, throw just a random beat down and just do a riff. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, that's a really cool riff. Let me double that. Oh, let me do a second part. And all, all of right. a sudden it's like a pseudo song structure. And then I sent it to Pat. Hey, oh, I love that riff. Let me, let me mess with that at lunch. And then like by dinner time, boom, he's sending me a back in MP3 in a text message and I'm like, oh, there's drums and programming. And, you know, every time we send each other something, the hamster wheel starts spinning and the creative juices start flowing and you, you start hearing things and you start building on it, which is great. That's, that's our process in a nutshell. <laughs> How hard is it to wait though? Like when you know, you've got something killer that you want to, you know, cause like, that's hard for me. Like whenever I've got, a, like whenever I, whenever I bag like a really awesome interview or, like, or we do a podcast episode that I just really am, am excited about. 
And then I've got to sit there and I've got to wait for Joe to edit it, or I've got to, you know, um, I've, or I've got to send the, the video to, a, to, to my video editor, you know, cause yeah, I, I don't have a lot of skills. I just talk, but, um, you know, <laughs> just having to wait all that time. It's something, especially if it's a big structure, like if Pat sends me something and it's like the majority of a whole song structure is there. Hey, check this out. I worked on this last night. What do you think? You know, initially when I don't know how it is for you, but initially when I hear something, the wheels of my head start spinning. I might not get lyrics. I'll get melody lines. And then it's like, it's like autopilot. And sometimes you're like, la, la, la. I don't have time for this right now because I'm I'm focused on something else work-wise or life-wise. And it just keeps going. And I have to like pull aside five minutes, you know, with my headphones on and my notepad open, jotting down whatever. You know, and sometimes you're like, you're just bursting. Like, oh my goodness. You know, sometimes you, yeah, you sit there and you're looking at that blank page and you're like, I got nothing, man. And then sometimes, you know, this morning, Pat and I have been going back and forth on this new idea. He said yesterday, oh, I added a couple of parts, did some programming, this and that. I didn't get a chance to check it out last night. I woke up at like 4.45 this morning. I'm laying in bed. I reach on my shelf. I grab the phone. And I go, oh, yeah, that's right. Pat sent that idea. (laughs) I click on it. And as soon as it started playing, there goes the hamster wheel in my head. (laughs) I opened up the phone, you know, the the notepad. And I was like, (laughs) and then like. I don't know, like eight o'clock. I was like, dude, I already got all the lyrics, I think, for the new song. I got melodies. I was hearing it in my head, like doubles, triples, delays, you know, and sometimes it's so weird how something like that will play out, you know. It's yeah. like, I haven't even set foot in front of the microphone already yet, but in my mind, off what the last thing he sent me, I can kind of see what I would like to come to fruition. <laughs> and even with releasing stuff, like we're not, we're, we're really big on not, um, not letting things out there unless done just because we're really big on we don't want to have somebody get a bad first impression on a you know work in progress sure Um, yeah and sometimes that's tough too because like like the song last night that we you know got going um i was super stoked on it first thing you want to do is just post and be like yeah um (laughs) and then you realize you're like don't do it don't do it don't do it (laughs) you know um so yeah, you do get get kind of antsy too, waiting for it to, to release and um and wanting to like share it, you know, even whether a video or a post or something. So um it it does get a little antsy after a while that you just want it out there. Yeah. Especially if it's something that like with the new album, like we would put like, you know, if Pat was mixing something, if we were having a Friday night mix session, sometimes we would go live on the band page and let people like sit in and you just take one song, you know. Not so much a full song, but you mess around with a couple of parts. But like there was a couple of songs as we were going along with this one, like uh, Goodbye From Me. For me, it was like it was a little I don't want to say outside of our normal box, but we really wanted to produce it. It was like, hey, dude, I got this idea. Put some vocals down and then said, I want to put some layers here. What do you think? Oh, go ahead. Throw some harmony. And then I'd be like, all right, I got like three harmonies. I said, oh, man, I can't, I'm kind of hearing maybe one or two more. Go ahead, dude. Do just worst thing scenario, worst case scenarios, we don't like it, we don't agree on it, we just mute it. Sure. You know what I'm saying? But so some like when those songs, since we've been working since 2017 on these, you come to a point where we're like, okay, it's not mixed, but this song is done for all intents and purposes. All it needs is to be mixed and put the, the big wrap wrapping paper and the bow on it. It's all good to go. And then it's like it's sitting in the phone, you know, we're listening to it in our vehicles at work or whatever. We're like, oh man. I just want to, I want people to hear this so bad, you know, but you have to refrain, you know, like fine wine, not served before it's time. You got to hold off. Yeah. I think our, 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 um, our friend Anthony does all our art and our videos. He's, he's probably the biggest pusher. Like, what are you doing? Just, just come on, release it already. Do this already. Give me something to do. Yeah. Yeah. What are you waiting for? (laughs) (laughs) Do you think the writing process is easier between, uh, two people versus, um, yeah, because in my experience, I found that there's usually two two types of songwriting processes. There's either a band where one guy writes everything and then everybody just plays what he wrote, uh, or you know the types of bands that I was in where it was like having to having to have four or five people come to an agreement <laughs> on something. Do you think it's Do you think it's easier just having kind of two? sort of uh sort of approval processes you have to get through whenever you're uh whenever you're coming up with ideas um i think we've since since i've been in since after since uh like numb writing and stuff it's pretty much always been you know me and clank 
Um, we did urban urban uh, warfare was the only record that we actually wrote in a in a like what you mentioned like a jamming style where we actually went into um, the rehearsal studio and and jammed everything. Um, but it was still I guess it always still came down to you know I mean that was a, a total cool way of doing it we never wrote a record like that um so it was different it was cool but i think um for the most part it was always you know we we always just hit it off right away um right and we both think the same um we can pretty much know what each other's thinking uh, or what's going to come next yeah we can anticipate what each other is thinking yeah um so it's it's always been pretty easy like it's super easy working with with clank uh it's always has been but um I don't think we had, I'm trying to think like the difference between like with Urban. Um, well, uh, it may have been a little bit, little bit more button heads, but everybody really got along well. Yeah. Well, also, don't forget also in that situation, we all lived in a house together. Yeah. So yeah. it was like, you know, uh, the drummer and I would be jamming. Pat would come home from work. Oh, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Plug in his guitar and we would just, Bloop, and we'd have Saturdays, whatever. You know, we don't, we don't live together anymore. But at the same point, now it's like, it's always kind of been that core. Like he's always came up with stuff. I've always came up with stuff. And then we'd send each other either random riffs or little sketches, you know, maybe two or three parts here and there. And we bounce back each other, bounce back and forth off each other on that. But that's also the joy of um, Pat and I working on stuff for so many years. Cause you know, still suffering was majority of me and then working on some stuff with Clayton. But then after that, it was like, it was Pat and I, like since day one, I don't know if you saw it today, but even like with the throwback photo was Pat and I from 1997. You know, a lot of people don't realize they go, Oh, you're working with Pat again. And we're like, again, (laughs) (laughs) you know, it's a comfort zone. And it's crazy too, because the longer we've done this, it sounds so weird and kind of like, I don't know, as long as we've been doing this and the longer as we keep going, it's like almost like it gets easier. Yeah, because in the beginning, you know, you might be a little timid or gun shy or, you know, I don't want to give a criticism on something he's doing or, you know, or he, you know, but at the same time, Pat's always been a great producer with that kind of stuff. I'd say, hey, this is what I'm hearing vocally. And we sit down in the studio, you know, I'd say, all right, just just press record just so you can do a quick run through and, and you'll get an idea of what I'm saying. And he would turn around and go, oh, man, this is great. But you know what? If you instead of going high here, if you go low here or if you do this here and. Some of that stuff that every time he suggests something, it's almost like, huh, it's so obvious. Why didn't I think of that? That's the joy of having such a great like writing partnership is like he said, we can kind of anticipate what some, you know, what each other's going to do, or it's almost like you don't know exactly what they're going to do, but you kind of got a vibe. All right. I know Pat's going to totally do his thing here and vice versa, you know? Right. You can, we can kind of expect what each other's going to do. We know, like, like if we're recording vocals, I know, what his process is with recording vocals. So it's like, it's, it's second nature at this point. Um, it's autopilot. Super. Yeah. So super autopilot. Um, but it's definitely, I think it is easier to get back to your question <laughs> um, yeah. from, from old bands that I was in you have, you know, four or five guys. It definitely, I think to me, it's easier um, with just two people and, yeah. you know, because you're getting into artistic you know, art, artisticness. That's probably not a word. I probably just made that up. But it is know, now. It, it's on it the internet. Now. It exists forever. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're dealing with somebody's artisticness. You know, um, their artistic, um, you know, thoughts, and it, it becomes they're real personal. So when you have a lot of people that, uh, or more people, if you say you have five guys in a band and someone comes up with a riff, and someone else is like, "Yeah, I don't like it," the people can take that. You know. Personally, but it's not personally, personal. right? Like you're attacking them or whatever. But with us, it's like if he writes a riff that I probably never had heard that I didn't dig, it's not something that I would even. I would just be like, oh, well, let's try this, you know? Right. Um, and so it's easier to go back and forth and knowing exactly knowing each other so well too, being as good of friends as we've been for probably close to thirty years, not thirty years. Um, it's a lot easier than than uh, having like a full five guys in a band. Yeah. And we've also never been one of those bands. You know, you see these bands where they have full on fist fights yep. on stage or in the studio. We've, I mean, honestly, we've never even raised each other's voices to each other, raised our voices to each other. Yeah. We've never been that band. I, 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 you know, and it might kind of sound lame because some, you know, some people want to hear the knockout drunk stories or he's sure. stories. we don't have any of that. You know, we usually make fun of other, <laughs> make fun of other bands for that. 
We yeah. just always respected each other, respected each other's things. And like Pat said, if I'll come up with a riff, I take this out and he goes, that's totally dope. But instead of going, try going. Right. We're always willing to give it a shot. It's not like an ego thing. Like, well, you just doesn't like what I want. So I'm not going to do it. I'm going to boycott. It's never been like that. Yeah. I think we push each other to be better, which is good. Um, and that's the one thing I, I like with working with Clank is um, I won't, I can't settle, you know, if I'm, if I'm, yeah. if something's not right, not where it should be, um, he'll make sure I'm, I go that extra bit to get it to where it needs to be. Yeah. And I think that that's works both ways. Because I need to know he's happy with it and vice versa. Like, especially on, you've probably noticed because you're a long time listener, every album, at least even vocally alone, I try to expand. I yeah. try to experiment a little bit more, kind of be more comfortable. I know what my limitations are, but I've also liked to try to experiment a little bit more, like more and more layers of vocals, try to sing a little more clean. Yeah. But instead of being too clean, when you think I'm tapped out on a clean, I'll drop a growl or, or something. And like Pat's production ear, especially when it comes to vocals, like, dude, this is great. Let's do one here, do this here. Let's put something in the center and then let's have a low one come up. And it's like, it's so weird because it's it's like, I don't want to say a hive mind, but what I'm hearing and visualizing in my head, he kind of picks up on. And if I'm not explaining it, okay, he'd be like, well, try this, try this, try this. And then once it's all done, I'm like, dude, that's what I was hearing, but I couldn't say what I wanted, but right. I didn't have to. You know what I'm saying? It's like, it's awesome. Oh, that's cool. Well, speaking of the songs, I kind of want to get into those a little bit too, because I, I found this record to be... Honestly, it, it's funny because like, like last time we talked, I, I couldn't I couldn't get over your your tagline that you were using, which was you know where the mosh pit meets the dance floor uh, sort of vibe. This is the danciest one yet that I that I've heard as far as like because um, I was listening to it at work today, just kind of casual. And at work, they don't let us wear headphones anymore, so like some of what? us sar- sarcastically responded by bringing our own Bluetooth speakers in. So like we'll yeah so we'll listen to uh we'll listen to whatever we want. Um and usually I play stuff that just makes people leave me alone, you know, I'll just play like a bunch of death metal or, you know, thrash or something you know, something people are not going to relate to. So I was playing this and this was one of the first albums that I'd played at work that people kind of kept coming by and being like, "What what is this?" You know what I mean? Like like kind of like like this is this is different than what you normally listen to. It's funny too cuz a guy came off. in Turn it off. <laughs> no, no. It's funny. A guy came up to me, and I think it was uh, on uh, "Goodbye from Me." Um, he's like, "This is a lot different than what you that what you normally listen to." He's like, "I can really get this." And then that death growl at the end of it came in, <laughs> and he was like, "Oh." He was like, "Oh, I see." You yeah. Know? Um, but this one was, yeah. Like I, I found this one to be really, really enjoyable, just because there seemed to be more of a focus on sort of that catchiness because i know like you know there there there's different obviously you know i don't have to really tell you guys this but you know there, there's different types of clank albums there's the ones where it's like we're just gonna go kill 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 you know and then there's one there there's some that are just a little bit more like focused on the um traditional sort of song song structure um but done in a catchy way that's gonna stick with people and that's you know i think the chorus game was like really good on this one you know um, cause a lot of the songs stuck with me, but I like what I like doing is kind of doing a little bit of a album breakdown for people that haven't heard the record or, um, sometimes if I hear a song and it doesn't connect with me right away, um, sometimes like getting a little bit more background or context on a song will actually can, can enhance my enjoyment or show me what to look for. So I'd like to, I don't know if we'll go through all eight tracks, but um, I just wanted to start on the first one, Apologies, and just get a little bit of background on that song. And um, I won't say a generic thing like, what was the process like recording that song? <laughs> yeah, But well, um, just a little background that song, on that song, the idea behind it. That song in particular is a standout oh. one because right after Still Suffering was done in 96, um, Pat and I were living, he was living in Lindenhurst. I was in Farmadale on Long Island. I remember being in the shower one day and I had this, in my head, I'm like washing my hair, scratching my back. And this thing was running through my head. I got out of the shower. I remember being soaking wet, like texting Pat, dude, 
I got this idea and it's going through my head and it's killing me right now. He goes, well, come on over. You're right. Fly over to his house. Ten minutes later, I'm explaining what I'm hearing in my head. He had this old cord Triton or Trinity. The I think it was a tri- Trinity back then. Trinity. Yeah. Trinity. And I remember that it's sitting on his bed and he programmed out the synth bass <laughs> from, just from me like simulating it with my mouth, cut some like guitar ideas. And that was, dude, we're talking 1990. I end of 96, 97. The song was and supposed it, to be on Numb. Yeah, the song oh, was wow, supposed okay. to be on Numb. And we were like, it was one of the first songs that were written post Still Suffering. And I was like, everything I came up with melody and lyric wise, I hated it. I hated it. And when we started going through stuff in 2017, Pat was going through hard drives and stuff. And he goes, oh, check this out. Look at this one. And he goes, man, dude, it's such a shame you could never come up with anything you like for this. And I'm like, I know, man. So, like, he, you know, <laughs> sent it to me. I downloaded it through my email at his house. And at that point, I was living at the top of a mountain, uh, you know, 35, 40 miles away, whatever. It was like an hour trip. As I'm leaving his house that night, I'm replaying it in my head. And, you know, there's two scenic overlooks during the course of this mountain trip. I stopped at the first one and I'm like, oh, 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 my God. And I'm in my notepad. And I get up to the top. And then we play, dude, this song is just playing on a loop nonstop. And I'm singing as I'm going. Only what I've worked on at that point. When I get to the top of the mountain, uh, to the second pullout, I pull out and I go, I think I finished it. And I remember texting him, like, I get to the top and I go, oh, dude, you're not going to believe this. I finished it. Finished what? I go, I finished the song. He goes, what song? I go, remember that song from <laughs> that song? Yeah. That song was 1997. He goes, no way. So he's like, well, Come by tomorrow. And it was one of those things after work the next day, I came over and I said, we did our normal process. You know, he sits down, I go, let it play in the background. This is what I'm hearing. When I get to the chorus, I'm hearing two or three vocals, maybe delay here, maybe this. And then we just do a test run. And it was funny. We get through it. You know, he presses record, turns around, rolls around in his chair. And he goes, why couldn't you do that like 20 years ago? Like, <laughs> oh no. But, but it was like, the lyrics just came like that. It seemed you know, and it was, and that one's, a, it's called Apologies. And it was about basically being young and dumb. You know, somebody says something or does something and pisses you off. You're like, ah, screw that guy, whatever. Ah, I don't need him. The older you get, you realize friendships, especially old friends. It's harder to make friends as you get older. And the older you get, you don't have these 20, 30, 40, 50 year friendships. Right. You know, so there was a lot of people I lost along the way. Because of my own ignorance and nonsense and the chip on my shoulder. I was young and dumb, you know, and I just was like, well, you don't like what I got to say. We'll kind of screw you kind of thing. Hindsight, the flip side of that was like, man, I would do so many things different if I just had the chance. And that's what I wanted to emulate in the song. And especially that one, because it's super dancey. It's so dancey and so iconic that by the time we got done with it, it was like, we both kind of sat back, high five, and we were like, freaking hey, man. like. That's what it should have been 20 plus years ago, but at least it's done, you know? Right. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> that is quite the history. Well, I'm going to move, I'm going to move on to life existence is futile, which is maybe one of the most, one of the most clank song titles as far as just, there's always some sort of existential despair song on on everything and i like those because i think that they're honest and they're um just sort of a way like like i know people you know you're always listening to that depressing music where everybody's just as depressed as you are i there are times where i feel like the only reason i'm still here is because i knew there were other people out there that were as depressed as i was yeah they they, they, uh you associate with them and, and and you know you're not alone because they're not alone and it's not like Sit around, slash your wrist, kind of emo, kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Sure. Like you hear something, you go, "Man!" Because even for Pat and I, this band's growing up. We were like, "Dude, they get it." Like they're saying what I'm feeling, but they yeah. said it. And then for us, all these years later, people like send letters and go, "Dude, you know, you said exactly what I was thinking. You put a flashlight in my head. You said everything I wanted to say, but I wasn't able to say. And you guys did it. And thank you." And for us, it's like, man, we just did what came natural. You know, we vent about what happens to me personally, him personally. Us collectively, sometimes our friends or family members or whatever in third person, you know, we sure. write about it. But that, you know, Pat, you want to talk about this one a bit? Yeah, I think this, the uh, only thing I'll add, this is one of those songs in particular that wasn't supposed to be on on the record. 
wasn't even there when we started doing it. This is one, two songs in particular, this and, and what can I do? Um, okay. those two, those are the most recently written ones that we just started all of a sudden just, they both came together so quick and we're like, this has to get added. <laughs> to it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's all I, I can add on that one. Yeah. It's a song. I really, one of my favorite songs. For well, sure. Like seriously though, like our lyrics, one of the things I've always enjoyed is people have always said to us, your lyrics are different than most bands. It's relatable. I listen to it and it touches me. And for me, it's like, I can only write about what I know and what I feel and life, you know, the older you get, things get harder. Like the lyrics, another phase, next step. Who's guess what's next? Got to figure out what to do. Another year, seasons turn, wheels spinning, gears burn. Won't believe the hell I've been through. I mean, I've been through a divorce. I, I moved halfway across the country to get for a job position. That was like a silver platter job. And two weeks after I got there, my wife cheated on me. My whole entire world fell apart. And it was just like, well, what the hell do I do now? And I was like, you call this life? This isn't living. It's not living. You know, and it was just. That's how it kind of came about. I sent. I remember sending the original to Pat, and it was like, and he was at work, you know, and he was like, "Oh, that's pretty cool." You know, and then at lunchtime he worked on something, send me back some like loops and stuff, yeah. and then we kind of went back and forth. And then one day I was just like, because when I first went to Texas, I had a I had a lot of time on my hand after my wife and I split because I had started a job where I was on payroll, but we weren't really working. So it was right. like, I guess the closest thing to being on in retirement that yeah. I think, where you're getting a check and you're not doing dick. You're just kind of hanging out all day. <laughs> right. Right. I, I was just alone with my thoughts. And that was great and bad. Great because I was able to come up with music bad because it was like, now you're stuck alone in a room in a house with just your thoughts. You right. know, it came up, it came, it lent itself to this great music, like life and that one. And that's why it's called existence is futile. Cause it just seems like no matter what you do, you, you know, every day is, the roller coaster of life, and that's one of the com most common clank themes is life. It's a roller coaster. You get up, you get knocked down, you get back up. You don't let people steamroll over you. You got to live another day. You got to fight another day. It's it is what it is, and that's what we do. That's what that's what we've done since we were kids in Long Island. You know, enjoy the good times while they're there because the bad times are right around the corner. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. And yep. don't focus on just the ups and the downs because it's oh. Life is always going to do this and go around the bends, no matter what. Life isn't blue skies and green lights from here to eternity. And if it is, you're not living a real life. <laughs> we wouldn't appreciate it if it was. Yeah, exactly. You know, much like music, you have to balance things that are good and pretty and fun with something more harsh and something, yeah. you know, the harshness doesn't have it doesn't have that grit unless it has something beautiful to be next to it to yeah. compare, you know? Yeah. Um, I got that somebody told me a long time ago that was a fundamental of music, but yeah, I can kind of feel it's that. It's true, though. It's like you got to have the yin and the yang. You got to have the balance. And I know how new agey that sounds, but you know what I mean. It's like, it's like a tension and release sort of thing, too, yeah. you know? Um, well, the next song, uh, Goodbye from Me, is probably my favorite on the, on the record, uh, mostly because, again, very, very catchy chorus. And, um, you know, sort of an, an extreme vocal at the end that I wasn't really prepared for in context with the rest of the song. And of course, that's why it's there, you know? Yeah, exactly. Well, I, was like, I wasn't, I wasn't prepared for it either. It just kind of happened one day. We were going back and forth over ideas and it was like, Hey, I mean, it's, it's kind of obvious that one's about my divorce. What right. I went through, you know, um, the culmination of what I was feeling at the time. And it was, I just kind of remember when we were cutting it, because don't forget also to, pre to back up a little bit these days when COVID hit, everybody was doing the, Oh, we're going to record remotely. We're going to do this. <clears throat> Pat and I were freaking four years, five years ahead of the curve. When I was in Texas and he was out here, you know, we were doing like remote recording before it was fashionable or cool, so to speak. So we were going back and forth. And I just remember at the end, I wanted that, like, I wanted my frustration and the pissed offedness. There's another word, pissed offedness. To That's just, a good one. Yeah. To come through. That's better. You know, and it was just like, uh, you know, and like that last thing, when beauty is tainted with lies and you are the one that I despise. despise. I just wanted that, like, Argh. you know, yeah. I, I just, I needed that release and it wasn't intentional. It wasn't planned. It just kind of happened. And we were both kind of like, whoo, damn. All right. 
want to double that? Yeah, sure, let's do yeah. it. It's kind of one of those, what we call happy accidents in our camp. There's lots of happy accidents yeah. that happen. And and like you said, it's it's a total like a song that you would never expect that to, to to be anywhere in the song, and then it just shows up at the end. Yeah, um, yeah. It's pretty and cool. it's and it's got the hook. It's mm. and you know what? Honestly, it's a very pissed off song lyrically, wrapped up in a nice package. You know, and and Pat was just very cool. But I would try this. Why don't you try? You know, you did this harmony. Try this. Try that. And it was like. Once it was all done, I was just so happy with myself too because I sat back and was like, "Damn it, man, that's me!" Like singing it, like again, a credit to his production skills, like pushing. You know, he knows what I can and what I can't do. Try it again. Try it again. Go a little higher. Hold it here. And yeah. it was like, I can't thank him enough because the end result, like when we first did with doing the mixing of that, and I was listening like on my stereo speakers, the Bluetooth, and in the car, dude. My hair on my arms was like a porcupine, like because our music has always been real and relatable. But this was like an exposed nerve. Like, dude, you can't be any more raw and honest than what I was trying to say. And I felt I captured it. Pat felt I captured it. The few people I showed a couple of parts, they my friends in Texas. They, you know, one guy like I was in the middle of going through my divorce, and he was like, dude, I showed him a clip, a demo. And he was, he just turned around, he looked at me, and he had like tears in his eyes. He goes, dude, he goes, this is freaking heavy, man. He goes, he goes, I've always been a fan. He goes, but knowing you, knowing you here and knowing firsthand what you went through, he goes, this is gut wrenching. He goes, I hate it, but I love it. Yeah. And I was like, I get it. And that's what I was hoping other people would get. And it's so funny to see the feedback from people saying, you know, this song and just, oh man, like a thorn in my skin and it just it hit me it resonated and reverberated with me and and that's like the best compliment when you're a songwriter because you wrote something for yourself you know that's we always say sonic therapy clank's music is sonic therapy we don't lay on somebody's couch this is what we do this is how we get it out and if one person gets something out of it great but the fact that all these people kind of you know including yourself said man yeah this is cool this is heavy for us that's that's what it's all about you know yeah, for sure. No, it's funny with that. It's funny with the, and I'm sorry, I'm always so fixated on like the extreme elements of it, but it's when I was talking to that guy at work and that death vocal came in and he was just like, he's like, man, he's like, how do they do that? He's like, cause he doesn't listen to much metal, you know? So he was just like, uh, he was like, how do you do this? Like pitch shifted or, or what? I was like, no, that's all him. <laughs> I was like, you know, there's a lot of electronics at play, you know, in their music, but uh, that no, th- those are all just him. And he's like, no, really? I was like, dude, I've got him doing intros to my podcast in that voice. And it's, you know, <laughs> like it's, it's a hundred percent dry right into the microphone, you know? And, uh, and there's, there's a lot of people that do those vocals and they do pitch shifters on their voice. To make yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Never had to do that. <laughs> uh, the only effects we might throw a little delay and reverb on here and there, but it's all real. It's not, you know, fabricated well i think that's part of the relatability too you know like especially talking about the 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 sung vocal the cleans and and all that and you're listening to it back and you're like man it sounds so good and i think that i think that that is one aspect of clank that is i think i think a lot of the times when people think of clank they're just like oh yeah it's you know heavy you know heavy band electronics you know um all that but like i think I think the 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 sort of more almost rock and roll approach is uh more rela- first of all more relatable to more people you know not everybody you know wants to get blasted to death every time they you know <laughs> put a record yeah, yeah. on but um but I, I definitely see a lot more of that sort of um traditional rock influence uh on this record and I think that's part of why it's so catchy Cause like when you get to what can I do, it's I mean, I'm four tracks in at this point and all of the tracks before it have stuck with me. And, you know, I'm already four tracks in. normally, I mean, I review music, you know, mo- most of the time. And so I don't remember a lot of what I listen to a lot of the time. I'll yeah. get to the end of a record and say like, Oh man, like I don't, what what was I, <laughs> yeah, I'll have to go listen to it again. Cause I can't really review it if I don't remember any of it. I uh, did not have a problem with this, with this record at all. And what can I do was I, that's one of my favorite courses um, just because it, I don't really know how to describe it. Music's it, it's hard talking about music because you're trying to describe something that's ultimately indescribable. But uh, I think that the chorus on that song is um, one of the, one of the catchiest and one of the most relatable because it's a song that sounds kind of desperate. And yeah. um, 
So yeah, just but the, the, expand yeah, my mind. Yeah, the the hook on that song, I remember when it was done, just sitting back listening to him, being like, "Whoa, like that is probably the best hook we've ever written." Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's weird because it's it's a very poppy hook. Yeah, yeah. Um, and not but, poppy lyrically. Not <laughs> poppy lyrically, and and the song's not really poppy. But yeah, it's it's um that's still one that I listen to, and I I. I'm super proud of that song um, and that hook. Um, uh, and it was one that I, I think I almost forgot about when we were when we were getting ready to to do the master and we mix it. And I'm like, oh, wait, what's this one? And I'm like, I think I even texted Clank being like, oh, dude, I totally forgot about that. Totally forgot about this one. What song um, is this? Yeah. 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 And then it's so it's, unorthodox. Yeah. And yeah. just when the when the hook kicks in, you know, my, arms, my hair and my arms stand up. Yeah. I that's one I'm super song I'm really proud of on this record, um, especially and, with that hook. Yeah, and that whole hook thing was like the hook itself was a happy accident. I was in Texas sending stuff back and forth with Pat, and I just remember being like, "No motivation, no inspiration. Tell me what can I do?" It was like when you say desperate, dude. I sat in my room every day for months at night in pitch black, just hating life. Not like boo hoo, woe is me. I lost my wife. It was like. My life had been a complete crap storm for so long. The one thing I had was stability with her and with the pets. And then when we, you know, when that all burnt to the ground, it was like, it was me, my dog, Ellie, and the cat that was basically dying because of like feline herpes and gingivitis. She left, she took the Mastiff, she took the two healthy cats. And I was just sitting there like, this song, like when you listen to the lyrics, this one and between unholy and divine are literally they could be taken from a journal or a diary. It was yeah. my mental state dealing with this. Like, you know, I've been stuck inside a hell that I've never been before. It's just endless days repeating same old windows, same old doors. I've been feeling like I'm trapped, like I'm stuck inside a loop. I don't want to pull the trigger, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah. And it was just like, because every day, dude, it was the same crap over and over. And then I, at night, it was like, you know, I don't want to die. But at the same point, like, dude, I'm stuck in a rut. Like, what the freaking hell is going on? And it was like, it was like just being stuck in a loop. And I hated it. And it just lent itself to the lyrics, to the song. And that's why we said this song, by all rights, this song should not work. Yeah. Like, thought, like, lyrical content, dark, ominous, hating life. Like, what am I going to do? Should not work with a poppy kind of sappy hook to it, but that's the one of the joys of Clank is we've never wanted to be stuck in any one box. When you think we're just death metal or we're just electronic or we're just this, we like to pull the rug out from under you, slap you around a little bit, mess with you. And this was a prime example of that. You know, like it's been dark inside my mind and I don't like where I'm at. I've been hanging by a thread and there's not much left of that. You know, you can't get any more real. And who can't relate to that? Bad days, horrible day with the wife, horrible day at work, you lost your job, whatever, whatever's going on. You know, it was just, and for us, it was just, it just came naturally. You know, when, when other people like say, hey man, this resonated with me, it comes back to that whole, we did what we did for us. And the fact that other people were like, dude, you don't understand what this did for me and the healing it brought or the peace, or I felt like I wasn't alone anymore. You know, we've been doing this for so many years to still hear people say that it's the ultimate compliment, man. It just it's just nice to know that we're still doing what we want to do for us. But there's still an audience willing to listen and eager to listen. And that still get um, I don't want to say nourished by it, but they're getting touched by it in one way or another. Yeah, I mean, and I think it also proves sort of that, you know, people as time goes on, everybody thinks that we're all so different from each other. And I think it's sort of, you know. There are certain feelings that are universal. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter what your life situation is. It doesn't matter what it is. You know, um, those, those, those feelings translate and we can um, all relate. yeah. Yeah. And we're all a lot closer to one another than we, than we really necessarily think that we are. Um, but I'll stop being, you know, uh, philosophical here. And uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I've had a, I've, I've had a hell of a week as well. So I, uh, this um this is definitely refreshing 
Um, so we've got, let's see, I'm going to pick like maybe two more songs, be a little bit more choosy. I'm going to skip keyboard commandos because I think that song a hundred percent explains itself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's, there's <laughs> no, you know, if you don't, if you don't understand what, what the vibe is on that song and um, trolls in a nutshell, it's trolls, trolls. Yeah. Let's just get a reaction, whatever yeah. we got to do and say, let's get a reaction. And that is, uh, that is the world that we live. What a wonderful time to be alive. Um, yeah. you know, um, I want to go, I want to jump in with, uh, between unholy and divine kind of the, the title track. Um, Pat, do you want to jump? Um, full on angry. I think that's probably, uh, um, brings me back to still suffering days, yeah. more, um, animosity ish. Um, uh, yeah, I think it, it pretty much sums up like, like what Clank said before it, it's, you know, raw, um, about what he was going through. And I think that's why it, it really, really feel in that song, um, the emotion that he was going through at that time. I remember when I first sent had the idea for that, I was, it was one of those mornings I went, to, cause I was doing the gym at like four 30 in the morning with a friend of mine. And you know, by 6am when other people are just waking up, I was like, <laughs> like ready to just like strangle people and run three miles, you know? And, and I was just kind of hard. I was really pissed one day. And I just remember sitting down. Like coming up with this riff. I remember I sent it to Pat. And then the first thing he sent back, he goes, oh, my God, that's a wrist burner. I'm going to have to start practicing for that one. And we were like, ha, ha, kind of chuckling. And then I just remember like the next day or so, like coming back and revisiting it and just being like trapped inside, you know, everything that I was feeling lyrically. Um, with just like what can I do? It was just very, it was dark and it was very, um, auto, autobiographical, yeah. So to speak, like you know, uh, trapped inside the sea of endless black, wondering if I can make it back, calling out for help, but will I drown this time? Walk the line between unholy and divine, you know, lost myself, but am I too far gone? Hollow thoughts that haunt me till the dawn. This is because I was up every night, dude, literally every night, like wondering if I was going to make it to see the light of the day the next day, you know, outstretched hands reaching to the sky, embers of my life disintegrate in time. And it was like, I just kept picturing like a fire. You throw stuff on a fire and it burns and it just goes up in the sky. And that was my life. That was my entire life. My existence since 2010 was just everything that I knew was just pissed on, crapped on, burnt up in the fire and was literally disintegrating in front of me. And it was like, what the hell? You know, so it was like you could, you know, you couldn't get any more raw and explicit in that respect. Lyrically, you know, like mental, like, like I said, I don't want to sound, I don't want to make it sound any worse than it was. But for a while, I was sitting up at night researching the least painless ways to check out. And like I said, it wasn't one of those boo-hoo, my wife left me, I'm going to kill myself. I hadn't felt like that, dude, since my late teens. And I was in just such a really bad spot. You know, and I had just moved to Texas. Uh, my friends, Pat, Eric, and anybody else, like my church here, I had moved halfway across the country away from everybody, and none of this was supposed to happen that way. Right. And then I was like, I felt like I was on a deserted island that was burning and slowly sinking, and that was it. You know, and I was just like, you know, mental prison clawing at these walls, darkened voices taunt me in the halls, lack of sleep becomes my one true friend. Will I see the light or could this be the end? And like I said, you can't get any more raw and open book, open page. Like most people that, that read the lyrics and listen to it, they go, dude, I can visualize this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah you can visualize it, but I friggin' lived it. Man. <laughs> right. Luckily, still here to tell the tale, you know, and like as as horrible as all these events went through, the running joke that Pat have Pat and I have is I go, <laughs> yeah, at least some good music came out of it. <laughs> <laughs> you no, know, but it's like very tongue in cheek. But I'm in a good place now. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. But as horrible as that was to go through an experience, one of the things about what we do is we're able to take that spin it and use it to our advantage yeah you know and and the end result is this album and the next album because volume one and volume two are both a continuing theme you know constantly life 
the human condition, what life as we see it, how it affects us, how it affects those around us. But, you know, you, you literally can't get any more raw exposed nerve than a lot of these lyrics. Yeah, no, you really can't. I mean, this is one of the, it's so interesting. Cause I, whenever I, at the top of this, I was like, yeah, this is definitely the most danceable. And it's like, you're sitting there listening and you know, the, you're banging your head. You're kind of, kind of moving around. And then you've got these lyrics that are just like bleeding the human condition, like all, all over you. Whereas with most bands that would sound similar, either they'd be writing about, you know, um, either, you know, doing drugs or just partying or just about, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I, I think these songs, if you really listen to the lyrics, they kind of almost put the listener in the house with clank. Yeah. Yeah. You know, where you can watch what he was actually going through. And I think that's, that's that emotions there. Yeah, for sure. And it, yeah, it's, and it's, it's noticeable from the first listen, you know, whereas it's not like some sort of like, Oh yeah, I really like this record. Dude, you read the lyrics on there. This is pretty dark some stuff, but what's interesting is the final song, uh, no victim here sort of has more of kind of a positive spin. I mean, at least as positive as you can get on a, on a record like this, you know, um, you know, which is, which is very much, you know, like, you know, standing here, battle worn, a little torn, but I'm here. And just like celebrating the fact that, yes, I went through this, but you know, I did survive. I right. am here. That's and- you, you see the, you see his mindset changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Especially going from between unholy and divine, which is so like dark. Opposite, and then it's coming. It's like, yeah, it totally, it's kind of giving that arc back up. Yeah. And that's like we said, is a common theme with clank stuff. You listen to like, bring me down and rise and even don't count me out. And even yeah. like, you know, on the on still suffering, it's like there's common themes because life is life stays this even though life changes, something stay the same. It's that ebb and flow, that up and down, that twist and turn. And that's why, like, you know, to face the fears, head first, to do the work and shed the tears. You know, it's like like there's there's a positive spin, like there's no victim here. I won't be the one. Who gets broken? It's like at the end of the day, it's like, you know what? You can stay on the ground and lay there and whinge, or you could get up, dust yourself off and be like, I'm up. What's up? You know, yeah. like we live. I, I you know, I hate to quote Friday, but you know, Craig, you live, you live to find another day. And that's essentially what it is musically. It's like, yeah, we're taking the scrapes, we're taking the bruises, we're taking the bumps, but we're still here and this is what it is. And you know what? I'm not gonna. After all I've been through, after all Pat's been through, after all anybody who listens has been through, we're not going to lay down and be the victim here. We're going to press forward and do what we always do. That's awesome. You know? It's kind of a weird question. Um, I know that during this time, because um, I remember the first interview we did with you, you were still in Texas. It was still kind of like when you were kind of in the middle of all this, you know? Oh, and I was in a bad and place. I know. And it's weird, too, because you couldn't tell from that interview. You were so, you know... Um, animated and ready to go you know and it was it, you know it was one of my favorite chats that we've done and um but i know that also around that time you got really 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 into fitness and um do you feel like that had a positive i need to get into fitness myself a little bit more um but did you feel that that had you know kind of a, a positive effect on your mental health as well just sort it of did. That- it was a, it was a very healthy outlet the quick the short and sweet of it is um, it was like September, well, October, got to Texas, all hell broke loose within two weeks. And by January, when she was already gone and we had split, dude, I was binge drinking and eating everything and anything inside. I gained 50 pounds. Oof. I was yeah. gross. I hated myself. I looked in the mirror and I was just like, what the hell? Who are you? And I needed to harness my energy and focus into something else. So I was at the gym every day at 4.30. I mean, dude. I was doing stuff I'd never done before, deadlifts. Dude, I was like 630 pounds on leg press. I was smashing my personal goals. And I was just, I was so hungry for it. But I was having some gastrointestinal issues simultaneously. And when I went to the doctor at one point, he was like, you need surgery. I said, okay. He goes, well, run me through your normal day. And I'm like, I get up at 4.30. I go to the gym. I do squats. I do deadlifts. I do... (laughs) And he was like, no, no, freaking no. He's like, you're basically ripping your lower intestine. Your <laughs> oh, intestine. no. 
you know, you can't do this. And I was like, so I had to stop. And it, it kind of, I lost some of the momentum, but honestly, it was so positive for me to have that because it kind of gave me a purpose. Even though I was still sitting up every night going, what the hell should I do? What the hell should I do? I don't know where to go from here. It was like come 4.30 in the morning. I was at the door of the gym, meeting, excuse me, meeting my friend. And, you know, he's he's been doing weightlifting since college. So he was like, he had a whole regimen. He goes, what do you want to do? I told him. And it was like, boop, 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 boop. And it was, it was good for me because it was structured. It was a goal I was trying to attain. And honestly, like, I'm kind of envious right now because I'm not going to lie. COVID hit. I got very lax. I wasn't as strict on my keto. I wasn't doing portion controls. And, you know, the, the doctor had said no more of this stuff until you get surgery. I had my right. surgery. It was like 95% successful, which was good. But I was told I wasn't clear to go back to the gym. And then I ended up a couple of months later moving back out here. Right. And not too long, you know, six, eight months, whatever it was later, it was like, we're now going into COVID. We're going into this. And it was like, well, I'm just going to hang. Well, we can't leave anyway. So I'm just going to drink. I'm not going to the gym. I wasn't doing my planks or any of that stuff. And next thing you know, it was like, oh, I feel like a fat bastard again. (laughs) (laughs) But it was definitely good for me to have that focus. I'm trying, you know, I'm trying to reel it in a bit again. But at that time, honestly, not that it was a crutch for me, but if I didn't have that goal and what I was doing everyday fitness wise, I don't know where I would be or what my mental condition would have been because dude, when you're pissed off and you're angry and you're sitting there with a leg press or you have, you know, a 285 pound guy holding you down on your shoulders and you're pulling as much as you can. And I wasn't, you know, roiding or doing any of that. I was doing it all natural, but I said, I would, I would leave the gym and I was like, what who's got something to say you know (laughs) and then i go home and i walk my dog for three hours right it's it's like wait what was that reese witherspoon movie legally blonde (laughs) you're working out releases endorphins endorphins make you happy you don't kill people when you're happy right (laughs) exactly Exactly. something like that but it's funny because i look at some of those pictures now on instagram or facebook messages and they make facebook memories and they pop up and they go oh i was kind of ripped Oh, I could see abs. And then I looked at him like, all I see is a 32 pack. I'm like, oh. <laughs> uh, that's a keg. That's not a 32 pack. Yeah, this pack. is a pony keg. <laughs> <laughs> that's a beer ball. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing wrong with a keg. No. No. That's actually why I, that's actually why I quit drinking was more uh more the calorie intake. Cause I mean, I'd sit here and do these interviews, and I mean, I would I'd I just pound them back. You know, like I'd get a, I'd get a six pack of, of, of craft beer and these, these are like eight, 9%. That's why I always get, would get real loopy sort of towards the end of the interviews. Like I didn't slur my words much, but like I'd start <laughs> going, I'd start going into real weird territory, you know, <laughs> like, it's sort of like, you know, and somebody be like, Hey man, you know, I think, uh, think maybe this about wraps it up. You know, it's never a good sign when the guest is like, Hey, <laughs> hey man, I think you're, I think you're done. I think you're cut yeah. off. You know? Um, wrap it up, B. Yo, wrap yeah. it up, B. Wrap it up. <laughs> this is supposed to be a 15 minute interview. You've been going for 93 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't even ask me any questions. <laughs> He's just talking about himself. Yep. <laughs> I do get that criticism. Some of the like, host talks some, too much. And some person yeah, next you, to him that, that's not there. Right. But, but, they, but I got to say, the flip side of that is when your guard is down and you might be, let's say, a little inebriated or whatever. You go off script, unorthodox. And a lot of times, those are the things that people want to hear because you have the usual questions. Well, when did you do this? How did you do this? How did you do this? But when you kind of start rambling a little bit and you get off onto like a different plane, that's also when, I don't want to say the truth comes out, but you get you dig a little deeper because yeah. there's typical questions. And then when you kind of go veer off path a little bit, sometimes you unearth those gems and you get people talking and you're like, this is radio. This is journalism because it's not the regular scripted stuff. It's the off the cuff. This is exactly what I'm feeling 100% in the moment that you're asking, you know? Yeah, for sure. That that was definitely always a benefit. I think for me, it was just kind of getting to the point where like you could like, I was using it as a way to, to settle nerves because the very first time I ever, I ever set, you know, ever, ever reach out to somebody to do an interview because you've, I mean, you've heard the podcast before where most of the time, 
it's just me and my co-host talking about albums, you know, and we did that yeah. for a very long time. Uh, and we still, I mean, we still do that every week. Uh, but you know, we, we were always, I was always kind of terrified. I was like, I don't know. I don't know what to say to these people. Like if I reach, you know, if I reach out, like I'm going to say something stupid or I'm going to ask a question that's too personal or ask something that they've been asked 400 times by other people, you know, um, cause I'm sure you guys have been through that too. Almost feeling like you've done the same interview three or four times, you know? Yeah. And, um, so yeah, it was, I think for me, it was just kind of just steady nerves and things like that. But when I realized how many, how many calories I was drinking away, you know, if I, if I did three interviews in a week, that's, you know, that, that's like eating basically two extra meals every yeah, night. Three, three nights away. Away. Yeah. But craft beers taste so good. They do. <laughs> they do. Well, that's how you don't, you don't even notice them. You know, well, that, that's, that's why you got to drink whiskey because yeah. it's less calories. <laughs> it is less. It's more expensive though. <laughs> Well, depending Costco, on baby. depending Costco. on where you go, yeah. Right. Costco. <laughs> it depends upon what what beer, what craft beer you're drinking too. <laughs> Truth, absolutely. Um, I'm gonna ask one more question about um about volume two. You guys said that you were, it's coming out later on in the summer ish, right? We don't have like a hard a hard. It date will be it. in the summer. We don't have a we don't have a date. We have a we have a rough. Time frame, we're thinking we're not uttering it out loud because we don't want to jinx anything. Sure. But we are working towards that goal. Let's just say summer, summer there will be volume two, and then it's going to be followed by some remix releases. Nice. We'll, we'll throw that into the pot and stir it up a little bit. Just there you go. And then there's a couple of cover songs we're working on also. Dude, yeah. that would be. That there's would cover be cool. songs. There's a couple of random songs we're just going to either release. There'll be some songs that we just kind of give away as a free MP3. And this is also not including side project stuff that we've been doing. So that's why we were saying like between this year and next year, it should be a really good year release wise for us because I mean, we're, <laughs> we're sitting on, we're sitting on a, an intense pile of gigs yeah. of stuff that we've been really trying to like reel in. And uh, you know, but like we said in the very beginning, we don't want to stifle the creative flow of things. So if that fountain is going, we've been saying instead of stopping it and saying, well, let's just do this. We're like, let's double dip. Let's still mix stuff while simultaneously coming up with new ideas because why turn the faucet off? If it's flowing, let it flow. Even if it sits for a little bit and we stockpile, it just means we have more down the road. Sure. Yeah. And then we have a, a volume one announcement coming soon also. Oh, cool. Yes. Well, we won't spoil that here because um, I like I, I hate it. I, I hate I hate spoil. Uh, I hate pushing people to be like, give me a date. Tell me. Tell me what, what's going on. What are, what are we doing? You know, like like do that. Do the pushy uh, <laughs> inter interviewer shtick. But, uh, you know, one of the one of the pleasures of doing what um, what we all three do, which is make announcements, release content, okay. release, you know, um, the, the biggest pleasure is being able to unveil that under your own terms. Right. Yeah. So it's a surprise, but definitely make sure you guys are following Clank on socials and Bandcamp. This record is out, by the way. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure I mentioned that before. This record is out. And did you guys get uh you guys got CD copies already? Uh yeah, we we uh um are working with our CDs we're working with uh Sharon Collective. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, so okay, they, yeah. I just interviewed yeah, yeah I interviewed her yeah. uh real recently. Yeah. Right, yeah. So uh yeah, you can get uh if you want a hard copy CD, you can get it from uh, the Sharon Collective uh, Bandcamp page. Um, if you want digital, everywhere. Yeah. Our Bandcamp, you can get All it. All streaming sites. Everywhere. Yeah. That's awesome. Everybody knows the drill. <laughs> yep. 100%. All, all I'm going to say about our, our what is for the, for the big thing that we have coming up, we're just excited because this is something we've never done before that we've wanted to do. I'm going to be super cryptic and vague book about it, but. We're just really excited because we've been working with our graphic artists trying to do something cool we've never done before. And we're just excited because now, you know, with the release of the first volume and we're closing in on the second one, it's like we feel like we're breaking new ground. Well, first of all, we're going to have two releases in a year for us, which is like. Yeah, no, that's huge. cool. You know, <laughs> so we're just happy. We're going to, you know, we're going to have fun because at the end of the day for us, as you can probably tell by now, it has to be fun. It has to be enjoyable, you know. We take it seriously, obviously, but one thing we've learned over the years is it has to be fun for us. If it's like an annoying job and having an annoying boss, 
superintendent's standing over you, you gotta do this, you gotta do this. There's no sense doing it because if I wanna be miserable, I go to work. You know what right. I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. This is this is our our happy place. This is our release. This is where we get to release all the things and and be happy. So we've found comfort and solace in what we do, how we do it, and making sure it's always fun because at the end of the day, if it's not fun, it's not worth doing because this is supposed to be our our our, our artistic release and our venting of frustrations or whatever, but both positive and negative. Sure. So now it's like, you know what, we've we found our, our niche, we found our happy place to work and you know, I can honestly say over the last couple of years it's been the most fun. Out of all these years we've been doing stuff, it's like Yeah. It just seems like we've we've hit such a good happy place in what we do, really. Yeah, yeah I agree. Yeah, no, that's awesome definitely not worth it if you're not enjoying yourself and i just want to thank you guys so much for taking a time out to talk i know we scheduled for anybody that doesn't <laughs> that listeners wouldn't know but like we've re- i think i've rescheduled this like two or three times because <laughs> of just uh stuff uh stuff going going wrong but uh um, life yep. yeah life gets in the way it is what it is yep but i don't thank you guys for sticking with me Thank you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we really appreciate it. And what's up, Joe? We miss you. Sorry we didn't get to see you tonight. I'm watching the stream. Don't worry, Clank. <laughs> and now he's going to drop a sound clip of his own voice being like, hey, it was, you know, I, sorry I missed you guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know you love it. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, guys. We are. Uh, that, that's it for the interview tonight for anybody that's watching on YouTube. And uh, I will see you guys next time. I'll have links to... I'll have links to the album in the show notes below. Woohoo! <laughs> this has been Discuss Metal with Clank and Pat of Clank. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. Discuss Metal.